The gospel this morning is from the book of Matthew, the 11th chapter. When, God, when John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to them, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Promise, you promise that when your word is spoken, that your spirit comes. So we pray for that spirit in the crazy way that it makes itself from this place to many places, weaving us together, bringing hope, reminding us of love. Let it be so. Amen. Thich Nhat Han, a global leader and a Vietnamese Buddhist monk, tells this story. Some children were playing and came to the house to ask for something to drink. I took the last bottle of homemade apple juice and gave them each a full glass, serving one little girl last. Her juice had some pulp in it, and when she noticed the particles, she pouted refused to drink it, and went off with the other children to play again. Half an hour later, she wanted to get herself a glass of cold water, but even on tiptoe, she couldn't reach the faucet. I reminded her of the glass of juice on the table and asked her to drink that first. After drinking half of it, she put it down and asked, is this a different glass? No, I answered, it's the same one as before. She thoughtfully replied, it sat quietly for a bit and now it's clear and delicious. She looked at the glass again, it's really good. The apple juice became clear after resting a while. The apple juice of life these days, it's cloudy. We can't see through it, and like this little girl, it doesn't really look good enough to drink. Life feels like it's been shaken up, and even the parts that are good for us do not seem as appealing as before. There is this awkward tension of feelings of being inconvenienced and being careful. We search for loopholes to squeeze in a way to make Thanksgiving next week and this coming month feel more like we want it to. The COVID numbers are daunting and tell a different story. Opinions fight to find a way out of this. Everyone is looking more tired. 
we set the glass of hope aside, wondering if it will ever become clear enough to drink. In today's reading, John the Baptist is questioning if Jesus is the one who has come to save the world. John, the booming prophetic voice calling from the wilderness, telling everyone to repent because the kingdom of God has come. The one at the River Jordan baptizing Jesus and hearing the voice of God coming from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. Confident John is now doubting. He is questioning all that seemed true before. He is yearning to know if Jesus really is the Messiah or if he should wait for another. Hope looks murky as all John has heard Jesus doing are small acts of healing. How could these things make a difference? It's too little too late. The powers of this world are still crushing down with no change in sight, and the walls of his prison cell are closing in. Maybe John speaks what we are all feeling right now. Are you the one, Jesus, or should we wait for another? Because, God, we're ready for a plan. Get big, God, actions that take us from where we are now to where we want to go. Take away the bad, bring in the good, make it so. Let's get to it. Jesus' response to John and to us, go tell what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them. Jesus doesn't seem eager to convince John that he is the one or to quicken the pace of what it looks like to save the world. As you may know, earlier this summer, we placed a Black Lives Matter sign near the Little Free Library at the street entrance of our church. In light of George Floyd's murder, it was a sign to the neighborhood that we have work to do to speak that Black Lives Matter because for too long we have acted like they don't. Of course, a sign doesn't mean we have it all figured out, but it is a marker to keep us accountable and call to the learning awareness that needs to happen in this ongoing struggle for racial justice. The sign has not been received as good news from all. It's been removed and taken now twice just recently on Monday. The camera that I'm looking into right now is about this big. It's a two inch by two inch piece of glass. That's the lens and it somehow connects to the internet, transmitting God's own Holy Spirit. It really doesn't seem possible that a little device is linking us together shaping us as a church 
as we are here in this sanctuary and as you sit in your homes more impatient than ever to be in person again. So I just surrendered this week. I can't stand here today and convince you that any of these little things we do in faith can tip the scale at all. Like John, I doubt it creeps in. It feels like the odds are better if we place our money or our efforts on things with more dramatic results. So I had to set the apple juice on the counter and simply try to do what Jesus speaks, to notice and tell what I hear and see. So this week, someone sent flowers and fresh baked goods to a family in grief. Two colleagues of Pastor Joel and I have decided to take the leap from double income, no kids, to adopting four siblings. In the matter of a day, a wide community on Facebook, each person contributing a little to help them get a jump start on buying a minivan. Those individual contributions ended up totaling $2,500. Someone from church brought a new Black Lives Matter sign, and we placed it again in its spot. A card with a hand-scripted envelope was written and sent to someone at church just to say hello and to let them know they were missed. A prayer is spoken, and a little piece of fabric is tied around a metal wreath outside our front door as a sign for the next person that they're not alone in their prayer. A family sees firsthand how doctors and nurses how far they will go to care for their loved one in intensive care. A man walks beside the fence on Northwest Boulevard picking up bags and wrappers that have littered the way. You continue to show up for church meetings on Zoom. At the end of the day, when you're ready to go to bed, you help your kids catch up on their missing assignments. You fill out a pledge card because you want to invest in what's next for Mount Olivet in this next year. It's craziness if you think about it. What difference could all these little things make? Nothing is headline enough to draw attention to itself. God, wouldn't you prefer a grander plan? And if we were honest with ourselves, we would rather be contributing to something with better odds of impacting the world because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Jesus' last words in this story are so confusing. Jesus said, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Offense meaning thinking Jesus and his seemingly small, slow acts of healing, inclusion, and injustice are inhibiting us from living the life we deserve. The word offense is the same word Peter uses before Jesus' death. When Peter promises never to leave or deny Jesus, which we come to find out are words he could not fulfill. 
if you include doubt as an offense, then this blessing is left unclaimed. Yet, if we continue the story, the ultimate end of Jesus' earthly life, his death on a cross, is the biggest offense. The ultimate sign of earthly power is to extinguish anything that gets in its way. And so it is there on the cross, God dies. Yet it is there, even in the foolishness, the offense, the doubt, that God brings life, which happened just as the darkest night turns to dawn. The heavy stone gets rolled away. Light enters to reveal life where we thought only death. Jesus does, in fact, find us in our confining walls and tombs, in the doubt, exhaustion, and offense of this all. Dear Mount Olivet, it feels like the cup of cloudy apple juice has been sitting on the counter of 2020 for a long time. Are you the one, Jesus, or should we wait for another? And yet Jesus speaks, my body is given for you and my blood is shed for you. Still we drink when all is not clear and we eat just enough to taste the fullness of what is yet to come. So this Thanksgiving week, let the apple juice sit for a while Surrender to making life better and just notice what you see and hear, for this is the kingdom of God. We gather on this last Sunday of the church year to drink the fruit of the vine, still murky as it touches our lips. It is the now and the not yet which we drink in, the promise that God is in the midst, in the small acts, reaching out to remind people that they matter. Crossing borders to find people and speak good news to the poor and the poor in spirit. Acts of hopes piling up to hold this world through all the twists and the turns. Maybe this is why we can continue to love for the sake of another, however seemingly insignificant it seems, because when we do, we make real Jesus' words and God's way of saving the world. Amen.